This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Plastician and we talked about loads of things. It was seven months since he was on the podcast and a lot has happened. We talked about that. There's the new MLS cards. There's lots coming over the next few months, which we dissected, talked about the general market, the dip, buying cards, rare goalkeepers, all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm going to be going to America, New York, be there for the meetup. We talk about it. And yeah, we finish it with the 137 game. Enjoy the episode. Plastician, you're back for the second time on the podcast. It's been seven months since we last spoke. How have you been? I've been good. I've been busy, you know, back back in uh, the swing of gigging again. And yeah, it's been been quite nice. Been enjoying so rare. I've been getting pretty deep into it. I'd say mm-hmm. quite a lot deeper than, than I was maybe seven months ago, which is hard to believe. But here we are. Um, it's good to be back. Yeah. I'm having a good look at your gallery there. Um, you have a couple of beautiful super rares. Yeah, I've, I've uh, acquired a few more. I, I picked up my first unique, I think, since we last spoke. Um, yeah, I need to I need to consolidate a little bit my gallery, but overall, quite happy with where it is at the moment. Um, got you have a, a unique. This week. You have a super yep. rare Jesus Ferreira. You've mm-hmm. got all sorts of stuff going on in this gallery, but look. A lot of people might not listen back when the podcast started. You were obviously around in the early days. Um, you've been on So Rare since the 11th of November 2020, so about a year and a half. Um, do you want to just give people a quick rundown of roughly where you're at in terms of your gallery? Obviously, you've dropped you have a unique. There's a few nice super rares and stuff there. Um, we'll not go on about it forever because a lot of people already know you, but let people who don't know you know what your where your biases may lie and, and roughly where you're at. Yeah, so I'm mostly tend to go for U23 um, is always like a big, a big lean for me. So I don't tend to worry too much about what uh, leagues they're playing in. I just like players that score good all around uh, play often. And hopefully if they've got that U23 utility, then that always kind of ticks an extra box for me. Um, Mm. I'd say that most of my gallery is probably leaning more towards challenger. I've got quite a few um, champ Euro cards, but I don't tend to pick them out when I'm looking for cards it's more I find like the challenger suits uh the good cards in my gallery are a little bit more like on the challenger end so if Mm. I'm looking to buy cards or strengthen it tends to be there that I'm looking um Mm. so yeah I'd say like U23 challenger I definitely follow a few sides in Asia as well uh and then most of that's just come from picking up cards and so rare and taking an interest so I find myself watching quite a bit of Korean football. Even today, I was sat watching FC Seoul in the Korean FA Cup to make sure that uh, Lee Han Bom, who is my my one and only unique, <laughs> he limped off the last time I watched him and I was worried he got a serious injury. So uh, to see him playing today in the FA Cup, that was nice. A nice sigh of relief anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking there at your your gallery. You've won some banging under twenty threes over the last sort of seven months since we last spoke, even eight months. 
nine months, yeah. ten months. You've won some crackers in your time. Chiesa, Castellanos, who did you see that filthy clip of him the other day where he did the nutmeg and then the Rabona thing? If you I, I didn't it, see that. I was watching. I, uh, I was watching him the other week uh, when they when they absolutely uh, thrashed. Can't even remember who they played. Now it was six 0 and he was he was all over it. He was just having the game of his life, which was good to see. Um, he's like, I've had I've got so many injuries at the minute. So when you've got a couple of good good players like hitting a hot streak, that really helps. Um, especially my forwards. You know, like you mentioned, Kiesa mm. there. I've missed him a lot. Um, you know, by the time he comes yeah. back, he's not going to have that U23. So that's a bit gutting. But um, you, you've like, yeah, yeah. I'm even looking there like Darwin, Tamori have won. You've bought a load of others. Paqueta, Guardiol was a recent win. Huge. Yeah. Um, You've been winning your stars and your tier ones and that's something I'm missing. So I maybe need to look at what you're doing because I like to think I have a nice under 23 gallery and I'm just not hitting stars. Even tier ones are few and far between, but hopefully fortunes turn was- around. I think I was quite fortunate as well because I think that when I did pick up that Guardiola, I think that came up as a tier one and not in. It wasn't in the star pool Oof. if I remember rightly. Yeah, that, that's that might, a bit of luck. I there. might have got very lucky there. Yeah, but I have had a bit of. I, I hit a tier one last weekend, and I got. I picked up like a Nene Dorjeles, who I looked up. I didn't know anything about him, um, but he's on loan from Salzburg. He looks okay. He doesn't look amazing. Not sure if he's gonna like go back to Salzburg this season and end up starting for them next year or not. Mm. I think that would depend massively on how many forwards they lose. You know, if they get rid of uh, Sesco and uh, Adiemi, then maybe he'll get a look in there next season. And he was a tier one. He was, yeah. It was a really unusual. I finished 11th. So I was expecting big things. I was in the, I was in the tier one pool. uh, And, and I got that. I was like, really? Like, I feel like it, it is a natural segue now, but I don't maybe want to start on the, the Professor Tecker's rant. I th- when I call it a rant, I think it's fair. We'll maybe come back around to that rewards valuation system, but like that seems off. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I looked at it and I thought, you know, like it, you know, you see people on Twitter like Tecker's and, and the likes on there that, that like to have a, have a, a, a like proper deep look at the rewards. And <laughs> yeah. I, when I got that one, I was like, these guys would absolutely tear up Twitter if they had that in their tier one pool. Yeah. I was looking at the, I was looking at the cards I could have won and I was getting really excited. I was like, I was, I was really hoping for like maybe like an America's tier one, something that I can use through the, the summer. I'm a little yeah. bit light on like American defenders was hoping I might get one of those. And then I picked that up and I was like, wow, I don't even know who that is. Like I didn't even see mm. him in the tier one pool. Um, yeah, I had, it was really unusual, but it it, it is what it is. Uh, I had a quite nice. I won a tier two um, limited this week, and and I got uh, Ak Akjun. He is on loan, um, I believe, from um, Akjun. Yeah, Yunus Akjun. Um, he's Turkey. a great player. So to he's pull that card. Yeah, I've watched him a couple of times as well because I've got Muric who plays in goal uh, mm. for, for Demerspor. And and he caught my eye when I was watching that game. I thought, he looks quite lively. And I looked him up and he was really pricey. So to to win that kind of like, unfortunately, it is just a limited, but I'll take it, you know. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Well, look, the first question I want to throw at you coming out of the blocks is, I just kind of want to ask you, I mean, it's been seven months since we spoke. A lot has happened in seven months. Um, or some might look at it and say not a lot has happened in seven months. <laughs> I want to see just where you lie. Are you happy with the progress over that time? Um, I know it's a bit wishy-washy of a question because trying to remember all the milestones and things that have or haven't happened and, and even the sentiment at the time seven months ago, it's hard to kind of judge maybe for you, but like, I'll ask you the question. Are you happy with the last seven months? And as for yeah. so rare as a platform, not personally necessarily. I, I think, yeah, like it, on the whole, I'm still enjoying it a lot. Um, there, there are a lot of problems, you know, like that, that people are pointing out and we can see those problems are there. But on the whole, I think as a product, it's great. It's made some big, big leaps. It's onboarded a few f- entire divisions, you know, like I'm trying to think, but I feel like the Bundesliga and La Liga might have happened since that, right? I can't mm. remember exactly when those came on, but uh, the SPFL coming on recently was a nice, a nice one to see. And I think like for me, the more like entire divisions that they onboard, the better. Um, you know, I think everyone's waiting for the, to see if the Premier League is going to land, and, I, mm. and that'd be great. But also, I'd, it wouldn't it wouldn't kill the platform for me personally if they didn't get it. I know a lot of people are really hoping for it, but I think the only thing that excites me about that is it might it might break up some of those Blackpool stacks a little bit. The uh, mm. the liver the Liverpool stacks that uh, you know I think I think <laughs> like Mark Way and WA will probably be. He'll, he'll he'll be hoping, you know, the longer the Premier League takes, the longer those big Liverpool mm. stacks can can like absolutely tear up the reward pools. Um, so yeah, I think I'm hoping maybe a, a bit more um, supply around some of those big like unicorn cards that are on mm. the platform from Liverpool and you know the old Declan Rice that's floating about. But I think yeah, in, in general, I still feel pretty confident that they will probably get that license in time for next season's cards to be minted. And if they don't, I don't think it's the end of the world either. I'm sure that they'll get it eventually if and when, but you know, like even things like the Austrian league, the the Scottish league, I'd, I'd love to see the championship. Like mm. there's a lot of great, great young talent. A lot of players go out on loan in the championship. They come up. It's for me, I think like, there's been solid growth. Um, I still enjoy the game. I think they've made some good tweaks. I enjoyed the introduction recently of like the specialist. I like the specialist and the underdog. I think that that's good. I think that was a good addition. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like if there are obviously these problems with the reward pools that that have been pointed out by people like Techers, and you can't really argue that much with the points he's raising. I think that he raises good points, and yeah, I, I, there's no reason in my head why they can't start working towards that. But I do think that maybe during all this expansion and everything that's going on, maybe they're just all hands on deck to like on board and expand like their coverage yeah. as much as possible. And uh, so like maybe while they're trying desperately to get everything locked in while everyone else is clambering for these NFT licenses from leagues and clubs and players, yeah, they're just like, let's get this done. Then we can figure out, tightening up the gameplay and the rewards and mm-hmm. that's 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 what i'm assuming but you know only time will tell hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll all come good 
Yeah, because I think that's something that's important, actually, and something maybe we don't give them enough credit for. Securing licenses early is important. Um, Because, I mean, even looking out there, like we we like to think that it's almost unrivaled. And, I mean, I honestly think a lot of – I think it would be very hard for anyone to rival them unless they just come in with – they're a huge company already and they come in with hundreds of millions. But you look at the likes of Ultimate Champions, for example. You've mentioned the championship. I know they've got a handful or I don't even know how many clubs from there. It's not a project I've followed. But I know they've got licenses from there. I know they have – do they have the Rangers one or is it someone else? I think it's someone else, but they had – yeah. They had Scottish football once, um, but they obviously didn't have exclusivity. And I know they did they say something about is get Reem Reems or oh, some yeah. French the French club. Yeah. But maybe like maybe they aren't all exclusive, so maybe it's not the end of the world, but maybe it is something we overlook that, you know, while so rare are hiring, maybe it is important for the project long term with their vision of the top twenty leagues and it's been sort of thrown out there I hope with something to back it up by Nicholas on Twitter that they hope to have that they're still confident they can secure that by the end of the year I mean maybe it is kind of imperative that they're they're putting manpower into negotiating these deals getting people in rooms with people to get these over the line getting the paperwork out of the way getting everything done and just launching and then maybe once you've got all the top 20 in then you really tighten everything else up you'd like to think a company this big could do things simultaneously but Unfortunately, there is that delay in that the hiring process, but there's only so long that can be an excuse. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lot of issues, but am I enjoying the game? I'm still enjoying the game. And I think, as you said about the Premier League, I think everyone enjoys the game as it is. We all love it. We love how niche it goes into, or like how niche, how many niche clubs we all end up following and supporting, and it gives you football to watch throughout the week. I have actually kind of fallen out of love, and I don't even really play FPL now because I'm so in-depth yeah. in all the other leagues. But that said, I think people want the Premier League more for the attention it will bring to the platform, the legitimacy, the eyes, the users, the prices, the demand. They want it for that reason. I don't think it necessarily improves the gameplay. No, I agree. I think everyone wants it almost like to sort of protect their investment a little bit. It's like, oh, when the Premier League comes, this is all going to blow up and everything's going to go up and you know, investment safe. But what will happen, or it has to happen, surely, is if we onboard like a million members after the Premier League comes on, that it's going to be, I think it's going to be really hard to win rewards. <laughs> and that will become the new problem. Oh, it's not worth doing no more. You can't can't win anymore. Or, mm-hmm. you know, like it's when you've got a million users, which they'll get there soon, right? It's, it's probably, we're probably like inside the next year there'll be a million probably a couple more Mm. league launches I'm sure Um, and when you've got a million users that's 10 times the amount of people that are competing for those prizes now and it is tough like if you look at the scores to get a card now as much as the rewards pools are massive by comparison to what we were at seven months ago it's Mm. you have to score high like seven months ago when I'm looking for players for like my ETH grinding team I'm looking for a 50 plus now, now you want a 60 plus average, really, if you want a card, mm. if you want cards. And when I'm looking at my my scores in the game week to see what teams are looking good, you know, like I always, the mark in my head is like after three players played, I want to see a score of about 250. If I don't see a score of 250, I'm probably not going to win anything that week mm. by the third. You know, then you've got two players to try and like get over another 100 points, which is obtainable 
And then if you get over a hundred, if each if those players can like get a seventy or an eighty, then you might actually win a tier two upwards, which mm. is when it gets exciting, right? Um, but then there are anom- anomalies in that. If you look at Division Two, and I think this is potentially where like super rares do get a little bit more interesting because if they do tweak the reward pools there and maybe add even potentially some like some star rares into like the the D2 pool instead of like all supers that are like tier two, tier three. If you can win star rares in the D2 eventually, then those super rares, you know, they'll, they'll go ballistic because at the moment mm. to win a card in D2, in some divisions, you only need a score of like 370 and every player's got a 25% bonus. So that's like an average of about 55 per player. It's not even a lot mm. of, it's not a big score you need to get a reward, but unfortunately the rewards aren't quite as rewarding as like yeah. scoring high in like D3. So it is at the moment. But um, but yeah, I think I think there's still ways to win. But I do, I do wonder, you know, that will almost like, we all want all these new members to start playing, but I'm not sure how much we really do want them because yeah. at the moment, no, it's, I, it's, I think we've got a good... It's an interesting conversation, right? And let's go, I'm going to overguesstimate here, right? But let's say they have the top 20 leagues. Let's assume they all have 20 teams, which they don't. Some of them have 12. And let's say they all have 20 players in the squad, right? That's 8,000 players. Let's multiply that by the 100 rare cards and you've got 800,000 rare cards, okay? Let's divide that by two because let's say half them. In fact, no, let's times that by... What was it? Forty percent are going to be up to forty percent are going to be rewards. Is that what they said? Right. So if yep. we times that by not point four, that leaves three hundred and twenty thousand rare rewards per season. Yeah, the, that's not stacking up a million, million users. But yeah. the issue there now, where we're being maybe short sighted here, is we're completely overlooking the fact that limited exists, which has ten yeah. times that supply, which is what three point two million limited card rewards. Yeah. which means people could feasibly win. Then you add in ETH. And this is where I think it becomes really important. People are going to laugh. I've seen something on a, a Reddit this week about they, they hired some new guy who's head of graphics or head of content or head of something. And uh, someone said, oh, hopefully they can get the banners going to keep Nellis happy now. Because I keep bitching about like, <laughs> the, wee, uh, the wee stupid shop that no one else cares about, the achievements, the club shop. <laughs> but like... I think this is where it gets important to back. Like, right. I'm going to go off on a rant, a rant here that I do every other week. Go on, John. Let's picture this club shop, right? Not as some bullshit web two FIFA ultimate team thing where you buy something, but you're not really owning it because we don't really own the banner or the badge. You can't export it to OpenSea. But let's say on their club shop, they sell NFTs that they collaborate with other artists to make around football. Do you know? So all of yeah. a sudden you have a Beeple thing of Cristiano Ronaldo doing a shit on Messi's head or something, right? <laughs> and it's worth 200,000 of these coins. And there's only, it's a limited time thing. And whoever is the coins in that time period gets that Beeple thing. Do you know what I mean? Those sorts of crazy collaborations and way all the way down the NFT artist spectrum. I'm, I'm picking the big one, Beeple. All the way down, all these collaborations that makes it engaging. That makes these NFTs mm. something that people want collectively. And that makes people want these coins. So then you can give out bullshit coins as prizes further down the, the table. Do you know what I mean? Once the rewards run out, well, at least I've won some coins and I might be able to buy another NFT. Okay, 
What about the fact, okay, I didn't win coins, but I won an XP boost. I can put 1,000 mm. XP, 500 XP on one of my players. That'll help me with a reward next week. So like XP, the club shop, let's bring in outside, again, outside all the rare, limited, super rare rewards. Let's bring in real life experiences. Once they have a full team of 10, 15, 20 people dedicated to delivering on the access that super rare no doubt have, they can get put up all sorts of memorabilia, all sorts of like match day trips, all sorts of stuff as prizes as well. So that adds more prizes into the pool. So I think it's important that they have prizes that aren't cards that are also desirable. Do you know? Like Yeah, I like that. And that's that's me just shooting the shit here with you right now. If they get a board of like a, ten people around the table that are very clever and hashed it out for a day or two, like they might have ideas and cool things they could come up with and leverage. I have no yeah, doubt. Like there, there's definitely prizes. And it's about that jackpot element as well. Not everyone needs to win every week. Not everyone needs to win every month, every two months. But they want the sniff of the prize. They want the sniff of the chance of the the jackpot element. Yeah. Like as long as that's there as well, I think it's all good. But yeah, there's, there's a way to I like the idea of like, almost like saving up some coins for, you know, like... So- you know, they must have X amount of like tickets from La Liga every season now. You know, we saw with the that special edition um like ticket uh, NFT mm. week. Things like that, like where, you know, you can burn a load of your commons for a La Liga ticket or something like that. Or like, I'll be interested to see what happens with commons because in August when they stop um allowing commons in uh in D four, I wonder if they'll even keep the uh I guess they will have to keep the common league open because it it allows mm. people to get to grips with the game, and I think it's kind of important. But then maybe they'll stop giving. Maybe they don't stop giving rewards out, but I think a lot of people, like ourselves and most of the people listening, um, who take like so rare like a bit more seriously than a casual gamer, will just stop playing the common league once you know you can't. Because the only reason anyone plays it now is to try and win like an Allison or something. Goalkeeper, right? like, yeah, trading yeah. keepers or yeah, yeah. And um, I think yeah, it's you know I think actually I think I finished in the top hundred in the common division recently. Mm. I didn't notice it until a few weeks later. I was like, oh wow, and then oh, well, yeah, I that's I finished in the t- <laughs> yeah, I've about I've about hundred and fifty thousand people. I think I came like a hundred for eighty eight for something like that. It was. Yeah, which is obscene. No. Yeah, that's And you like, still didn't get anything for it. <laughs> no. But here's the thing like, as well, right? Here, here, here's a left field idea that's just came to my mind. Again, if you could load a load of clever people around a the table, they come up with a million of these. What if you could use your coins? Now, bear in mind, however many coins people have now, that's all from the collector side. They have this manager and player tab that are yet to come. Um, what if you could spend 2,000 coins, 5,000 coins, 10,000 coins, and it lets you do a duplicate entry or stick an extra entry into division one week. Like it's just a mm. bit of a left field idea, but to incentivize people to collect, to incentivize people to do other things. What if I could go, all right, there's 5,000 coins. I've got loads of really solid players this week. I'm entering two teams, another 23 rare. Like it's a bit left field. I don't think anyone would complain about that because it's a metric within the game that's accessible to everyone. It's not like, Oh, well that's, Bastards multi-account and enter two teams. It's like, no, anyone can do this. It's part of the game now. Like, that's just one idea I've come up with that mightn't ever be a good idea, but there's a million ideas and there's so many different ways they can reward people and incentivize people to care about things outside cards and ETH. 
Yeah. I really like the idea you had about the the XP boost because I would I would save up coins for that. There's a few mm. cards I'd love to like yeah in certain divisions where the XP really matters, you know. Especially in yeah. limited, so you know if you've got limiteds with high XP it's insane like how high you have to score in limited divisions. I'd definitely put love to put some XP on some of those. Can I tell you a really fun lineup I have this weekend? Go on. Just thinking of limiteds, thinking of XP. So I have a Kawasaki Frontale stack, okay? And they have, is it Guangzhou this weekend? Oh, yeah. You may be more familiar with Asian football than me. I just had a quick look at the table. And and that team have scored no goals and they've conceded 21 so far in the league. Kawasaki, obviously a decent team. Now, I was, the only risk there is obvious rotation. There's a few cup games and stuff, and this is a very weak team, so maybe they rotate. But I've put in like my the keeper, Jung Sung Ryong, Mickey Yaman, Tanaguchi as the defensive stack. They're probably not going to concede. Touch wood, hopefully it happens, whatever. Wakizaka, and I have a dummy eye, but I was like, I won't, I won't play the full five-man stack because loads of people are going to play the full five-man stack. Albeit yeah. Damio just scored two goals, so maybe he's back in the team. The ultimate differential, Erling Haaland captain. Oh, that isn't that sick? <laughs> That's amazing. Erling Haaland up against Botcham, captain, ultimate differential. Just because the XP isn't, like as you say, XP of my, my Kawasaki players isn't enough. So I have to go like, I have to have a differential. I have to captain them and I have to try and catch up to the frontal sackers. Mm-hmm. Um because I think they're going to dick that team, and they uh, so, they won they lost didn't they to Ulsan as well this week? Uh, yeah, like today actually. Three, so two. they lost that game, so they do need to. They, they, I mean, there's not much like chance of them losing or drawing that game, but I do expect them to put a strong side out. Still, you know, they're mm, not the points back. They need to. They need to get like a a, a big score out of that game because if it does start mm. coming down to goal difference and stuff like that towards the end of it, there's I haven't actually looked at the table, but when I saw that they lost to Olsen today, I'm pretty certain that, you know, their next game... Was that... That was in a cup though, wasn't it? That was the ACL, right? The Champions League, which I believe... It was in the... Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the... Let's have a little look at the table now. So, they're frontal... They're top of the table. So, they're... they're um, I make them third, actually. So they've got Ulsan above them at the moment. So I'm a tool. So Sorry, yeah, I'm looking they, at the wrong table because I'm an idiot is basically what I'm telling you. You're looking at the J-League table, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now now so I'm yeah. back in looking at the right table. They need to win this. They need to win and they need Ulsan to like drop points against Johor. <sighs> oh my so they goodness. Are... I, was, I didn't even realize how likely they are to dick this team. This is even better. For me. Oh yeah, the, uh, this is a big. You know, Guan- Guangzhou will be lucky to have a shot on target, let alone a goal. They should go um, and absolutely deck them. Lots of final third passes for defenders. Yep. Yeah. Maybe I I'd should just play Damio. <laughs> I mean, even if he gets on for ten minutes, he's got a good shout of a goal. So, oh, um, yeah. If you've got any players happened. in, I think. I mean, yeah, Kawasaki is definitely like that's got to be the. The strongest fixture in the game week, from what I can see. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a proper, proper look at everything yet. I'm having a look at like all the games that I'm following. I think it um, is definitely the standout. It has to be that in terms yeah, of the situation. One. I don't think any other t- 
any other team across the whole competition has scored no goals and conceded 23 goals in five games. Like, yeah, yeah, that says it all. So basically, I need to stack Frontale. My my dilemma then is like, do you need the differential of Haaland? Because I think I do. Because if I put Damiai in, who could well go and score a ton, like you're in a position then where you've just got the Frontale stack. And this is why I brought this up because of XP. I don't have the XP on the players that I need. Um, and someone with new season cards or someone with, you know, just stronger cards in general who've leveled them up earlier last season, I'm not catching them with the same stack. So I don't know. Back to the point we were talking about, XP is important. Definitely, especially in limiteds, especially. I think that was one thing that, another thing I did like about the specialist underdog league is the the no captain no xp but like it is a very pure form of so rare that mm. everyone's on a kind of level playing field and it's more about scouting the fixtures seeing who's available on the market who's like you know who's got a bad l15 and uh yeah i think i've been spending this week i had a little look because i was looking at um the underdog league specifically i just wondered like i, I had some time yesterday to just like do a bit of scouting and see who is out there with good fixtures, who's got the L15 of 45, but maybe the L5 is is good. So, mm. yeah, there's there's some interesting options out there. I've picked a car, I picked up a Keaton Parks myself. Oh, yeah. Uh, Keaton Parks plays for NYC, midfielder, under 23. He's got an L5 of 58 and an L15, which is over 50 as well. But his L... No, sorry, an L L forty, which is over fifteen, over fifty. Sorry, his L fifteen though is four, is bang on forty five. So he's he's like eligible, oh. and 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 NYC are on fire right now. So I was like, he might be a really good one for the underdog league. I had a goalkeeper that was uh, that was um, eligible, and I had a couple of good cards as well. Like Dante Vanzier is eligible. He's just come back from a ban, playing for uh, for Union in. Um, Belgium so I'm like I've got a good forward I've got an eligible goalkeeper who can I pick up as like my cheap a couple of cheap ones and I saw him he wasn't super cheap I think I paid 0.012 or something like that but that gives me what looks like a strong entry for the underdog Um, and you know there's some decent prizes in those divisions Um, yeah I've I've never yeah. really targeted it. This will be the first week where I've looked at it and gone. Yeah, I'm going to have a, bought have someone a go for it. Like, yeah, I'm going to have a go. At I that have one. um, I've a 45 two a 45 average players. Kevin Fickenster, who's just a shake keeper who always concedes, but he's yeah. the goalkeeper. That's all that matters. Uh, Brizuela, who's over at is it Sarsfield, then Camavinga. I think he'll play because of the Champions League. I think he'll get game time. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. I was looking you know, at. At the super rare one as well, because I've got a Rigi super rare. And I'm wondering, do Liverpool rest their forwards on the weekend against Newcastle? Mm. I think it really depends on what the score is tonight. But, um, you know, this. See, I just they, I think. They're still going for the Premier League, so I don't expect them to do much yeah. resting or rotating. That's what I was going to say. Like, I just don't. It's, let me just check the Premiership table at the minute. But, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're within one point of City with five games left. They have to win every game. They're one exactly. point behind. It's in their they, they need to win every game. So, like, I just think it's all guns blazing to the end. They probably want to blow away Villarreal tonight, 
hoping they can rest yeah. next week or something. Um, but yeah, my, my underdog super league, and then maybe we'll move on to another topic I have is just because the reason I bring it up is at an interesting dilemma where Jonathan David can play, right? Yeah. Who's obviously in shit run of form, but he's always, I played him in the underlog league the first time around when I was in Spain with Quinny and I, he like hit two goals or something and I came fourth in that. I did like 11,000 people. So I always kind of like him for that competition. But Mm. if I play Jonathan David, I can't field an under 23 super rare team because he's the forward yeah. that would go in there. So like, and I think it's a good enough team to like have him, keep him for. So it's JD uh, for Sharon, Kulisevsky, Nico Williams and Fabian de Kaiser in under good 23 team. super rare. I think they all have their risks though. Nico Williams was rotated last week. Kulisevsky's a nailed one. For Sharon has Bruges. De Kaiser always concedes. So I don't think it's as amazing. It's a nice sounding team. But if I play Jonathan David there. I can't play him here and I have to play Josh Doig, who's a super rare I picked up last week. Um, but the underdog super league for me then is Schubert, Doig, Melvin Bard, Ezekiel Palacios and Wesley, which stranger things have happened. It's the underdog. All you need yeah, is two yeah. players to bang out of them and you're probably in, a, in the hunt because everyone's using shitters. It's not just you. Yeah, I'm going to have a look at what I've currently got. I, I always tweak like Wednesday, Thursday, but my, my underdog... Super League uh, looks like this at the moment. I've got Carlos Acevedo in goal. Um, you know, they're having a pretty bad season so far, Santos. I've got um, o- Odilon Kosanu, who's uh, currently playing for Leverkusen, but they've been using him as a right back. He's a centre back. Mm. Sadly, he's not picking the scores up. Thomas van den Belt, who's a pretty good player, but he's got a game against Ajax, but he is a defensive mid, so that can't that might not actually be the worst thing. He might have yeah. a busy game. Um uh, Gabriel Florentine, um, he's been kind of rotated a bit this season, but when, you know, he's he's put up some like 50 plus scores the last couple of mm. games. And at the moment, I've got Divock Origi in there, but I'll probably swap him out for like Facundo Colidio, who plays at uh, Tigre. Might, mm. might use him just because I don't think Origi is likely to start unless Liverpool have a really close game today. And Yeah. Yeah, or they lose. If they lose to Villarreal or something like that, I don't know. Yeah, it's such just, a tough one. Like like we just said, that Liverpool are not going to rotate that much. You're kind of hoping Origi gets on and scores a goal like he did last week. But I mean, hmm. I might, yeah, I might swap him. I've got a couple of other forward options. I've got Chukovic yeah. at uh, at Dynamo. I think he might. Oh, lovely. He might. Yeah. So I've got I've got Chukovic or Colidio. Colidio is occasionally starts. But he misses a lot of big chances, whereas yeah. Chukovin rarely starts, but does often score off the bench. So they've got um, they've got a pretty easy um, fixture against Ural on the weekend as well. So maybe I go yeah. Chukovin there. I might do that now. Actually, there's like uh, I I actually love the dilemmas that the underdogs and specialists throw in. There just is that little bit more to it, isn't there? Um, yeah, but. Look, in terms of time, we'll move on. Um, the new MLS cards come out today. Badges and shirts and all sorts. Things are colourful. Uh, big tweet from the MLS themselves. Um, yeah, I think like, well, this has already been talked about to death. It's it's just happened, I suppose, is all needs really said here. Like, are you excited for them cards? Are you excited for the jerseys? Um, I, like, I like the fact that it's easier for me to see what teams they play for. Because sometimes... Yeah. I have like, if you win an MLS player, it's like, I don't know who that is, what team that is. Yeah. But when you see the shirt, it's like, oh, 
that's like that's Charlotte or that's Atlanta. Yeah, uh, and they just look I, nicer. I'm, yeah, it just look it looks nicer in your gallery. I'm not yeah, a massive. 100%. I don't care that much, but I, I I care a bit, you know. Yeah. No, this is what I was saying. I think last week, um, or maybe I was saying it on a pod or a YouTube video. I can't remember, but just it's that recognition of the teams and starting to build a picture in your head of who they might be or work, who they might play for. Um, working out like what teams are dominant based on jersey colors and then you can kind of work out if a player's solid on it sounds like such a small stupid thing I'm on about but it's actually huge like because I know when I see a guy in a frontal shirt it's like yeah. okay well he's in a dominant team okay yeah. do you know Um, and it'd be nice to start to build that picture around the MLS outside the big head cards but yeah look it's finally here hopefully it brings a few um Americans in who knows yeah Um, it's exciting yeah. But I don't really have anything to say on it unless you do. No, I, I, I think that's it. Oh, like, they look nice. I do have right? something to say on it. Something small on it because I keep getting asked. It's been, it's, it's all people seem to be asking me about it at the end of the season. And I've mentioned it three podcasts in a row. The percentages have been lost. So people are trying to ditch their old cards and get the new cards. Uh, that is, it's yeah, that's a, true. I think it's, it can be the stupidest thing in the world, right? Don't get me wrong. There's times where it's absolutely okay or whatever. If it's a card that you bought for one week or if you bought it for one, I don't know. Like there's cards that people are trying to get rid of that might actually only have 1% XP or something. And then it's like, okay, well, you're going to gain 4%. But people just because they're old cards, even if they're like 4%, they'll be trying to ditch them just because they know everyone's trying to get rid of the old cards. It's like, no, keep the 4% one, give it two weeks and you'll catch up. It amazes me how many cards you see on the market with 0%. I'm like, that card's been active for a year. Have you not been putting it in training or any lineup site? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you should at yeah. least have 2% on it or something. Like, I just mad. look at the card. Whenever I see 0% on a card that's like more than a year old, I'm like, you whore. Do you know, you have seen so many galleries, you dirty bitch. Do you know, like that yeah. card has been rode to death. Like Lone fodder. <laughs> yeah look at you you skank you know going around all the galleries and pass around people's family members for a few months dirty (laughs) dogs yeah they're family members yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but yeah uh there is something quite nice and something quite um (laughs) i don't know maybe get a bit crude with this i don't know there's something very pure about a card that's only ever been bought by one person or who you've owned from the start isn't there I sold um, my I sold my Lukaku <laughs> this week, which I've had for ages, and like it is hard letting go of the ones that like your your early big purchases. Like I've still got my Tony Cruz, uh, yeah. you know he's almost back to the price I paid for him. He well I bought him for like one point two ETH, uh, which at the time was about five hundred quid. But uh, then it, then he went up to like three point five, and I was like no no not selling it. Now he's back down to like one point three. And mm. I think it's just you know it's the end of season dip, uh, so I'm I'm not selling him. But he's obviously getting a bit older as well. But I feel like Cruz is one of them players that might get in a little MLS move and become like yeah. an insane scorer there for a couple of seasons. I, I didn't realize like how similar so rare cards were to like finding your life partner, your 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 lifelong <laughs> companion. You know, you want to pick them up at auction early. You don't want them to have been passed about a bit. You know, <laughs> you want to nab them early. You know, get that XP going, build a relationship. Um, unless you're, yeah, yeah. anyway. Like, unless definitely not get, <laughs> we don't want to get into any under 23 scouting kind of like 
situations hey, here. And get out of this, you dirty dog! Get hell! You're getting me cancelled. Get yourself cancelled. You have a podcast now. Great segue. Uh, you yes. have your own podcast where you can get yourself cancelled on. You're doing it with Tony Watt and Quinny. Yeah, Quinny hit me up a few weeks ago, and he was like, "I want to do this. I've got an idea for a podcast." Uh, I've been speaking to Tony Watt about doing it. Would you be up for it? And I was like, yeah, like I actually like, I tried to get, I had an idea of doing one of probably about six months back, did like a pilot with a couple of my friends who are on so rare. Um, I just think that there are times just didn't work. Whereas like me, Tony and Quinny mm-hmm. have similar availability in a week. Um, we could jump on when Tony's not busy with football training. Um, so yeah, we just, Decided to try keep it short and snappy, a bit more focused on like the game week ahead as opposed to like the overall yeah. kind of, you know, like landscape. Yeah, like I like your podcast great because I get to hear about the managers sort of backgrounds and their feelings on the current sort of things that are happening in so rare. And it's like there are a lot of podcasts out there now. So it was just like Maybe trying to different. do something that's try and do something a bit different. But I think having Tony on there is great because you get that that um, sort of pro footballer uh, side of things as well. Yeah. It's nice to just say to him sometimes, oh, like, has this ever happened to you? And like, I, I'm looking forward to talking to him about if it's going to affect his own game. Because if I yeah. was a if I was a pro footballer, I, I'd be counting every pass and every touch in my head thinking about my Soro score. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if it affects his game. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those where he'll come out and set in a podcast, then it'll be like the Ajax lads buy him keepers, he'll get cancelled. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> be careful. I saw that. Yeah. But I, that was crazy. I was laughing because it was, uh, I listened to the first, not the pilot you just did, but I listened to like episode one. I only mm-hmm. got around to it today because I don't think it was on Apple for a bit, but now it's on Apple. Yeah. I found that I listened to it. It was great. And it was that dynamic because obviously I, I really enjoy your company. I like Quinny a lot. And Tony Watt mm. uh, is a professional footballer, and I like him as well. He's been on the podcast, so it's yeah. like a great panel. So I'd highly recommend anyone goes and finds it. Where, where can they find it? And do you want to plug so it? It's, a bit? On, it's on Spotify, uh, Apple, and I think like Google Play. Um, it's called it, it's it's called End Product. Uh, myself, Quinny, and Tony Watt. We try and do it weekly. Uh, I was on holiday last week, and we had some connection issues. I couldn't get through, so. Tony has had a pretty busy weekend as well. So we were hoping to record. We normally record them like Thursday. So we hopefully will be able to get together tomorrow and do another episode. Mm. We've kind of been talking on WhatsApp about things that are going on. So we, before we get on, we kind of already know what it is we're going to cover. And yeah, just trying to polish it up a little bit now, like, you know, like have some rolling segments that continue week to week and mm. maybe try and get, try and get some listeners involved in some way, shape or form. But Podcasts yeah, always I, grow over time, like in jokes and running segments and ideas. Exactly, and yeah. Like grows, the lasagna, you know? the lasagna and coleslaw. You know, you know yourself. I mean, if people <laughs> if people love it that much, they can join my YouTube <laughs> membership and then get the emoji of the lasagna and coleslaw stitch. You know yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, look, um, but do you know what? I'm not gonna like, let's have a little chat about lasagna and coleslaw though, because when I heard it, I was in my car and I did laugh, but. I've definitely had it myself. I I can't, it's not something I'd sit and order, but I'm 100% sure at some stage in my life, I've had a bit of coleslaw next to my lasagna. So yeah. I don't, I'm not going to bash it too hard. It is quite a funny well, combination, like, but it works. People order lasagna and 
down comes their side salad. And quite often then said side salad, depending on the establishment you're in, there'll be a bit of coleslaw there. Now, people don't really think about this as lasagna and coleslaw. They just think of it as lasagna and a side salad. But you're eating lasagna and coleslaw, whether you like it or not, the perfect accompaniment. It adds a creaminess to it, adds a bit of crunch. It adds the hot and cold, kind of like when you have your apple crumble and your custard. You know, there's a lot to be said for it. Um, I haven't had any photos in a while, actually, of people giving it a go. So maybe it was due a plug, actually. Um, might actually think- maybe do a competition soon. Everyone who sends me a photo of of it, it has to be authentic. I have to have like their in name restaurant. written in the background. It can't be a, a YouTube or a Google screenshot. Uh, maybe they can be in the in with a chance to win an NFT. Maybe Kevin Lasagna. Maybe a Kevin a Lasagna NFT. There you go. Get get a Kevin Lasagna NFT, and uh, and you're away, mate. But I think uh, this might be a nice little seg into into a segment. Is uh, when you go to America, I feel like you should sit some of the Americans down and take them to like an Italian restaurant and order a lasagna and coleslaw mm. and sit. I might have to bring my own little. I have to bring my own little like tub of coleslaw. I, I I really want to see on your YouTube channel you ordering uh, lasagna and coleslaw in like an authentic Italian New York Italian restaurant and see if you and see if you don't get thrown out. I think that would be great content. Okay, consider it done. Consider I, it done. I look forward to seeing it already. And I think that. And I tell you what, in the camera bag beside me, there's going to be a little tub of coleslaw that I bought down the road, just in case they say no, and I'll scrape it on yeah. the head. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you killed. Yeah, my <laughs> prom some proper like New York, like Italian American mafia guy. Yeah, you know, you get, you get knocked off, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in, in terms of that, actually, uh, so I've already mentioned a million times that I'm going to America, Orlando, then New York. Just to give a shout out to anyone listening, if you're from New York or somewhere that can go to New York of an evening, head there on Wednesday, the 4th of May, 6.30 p.m., 569 Hudson Street. It's in Manhattan. The details will be in the description of this podcast or message me or find me on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Bit of a so rare NFT, football, physical card lovery, loving, all the things I love. Just um, chatting shit, eating food, drinking, and having some fun. So there you go. That's an event happening for all y'all Americans. Um, yeah. Anything else on that, Stish? No, just have have a good have a good trip, mate. That uh, that would be I great. Can't wait. I'm jealous. Very I'm jealous. Gonna, I can't wait to hug the Andes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You know, for and I can't wait to ask every single one of them if they're gone or not. <laughs> In New you York. Know? Perhaps not. Maybe in Orlando, actually, you'll be all right. You well, can, some of these guys come from like all over the country. So, yeah, I can't wait to see if they've guns. I wonder if they'll let me shoot them. Should go to a shooting range. Are you, where are you going? You're going Orlando, New York, and And then up and to where? New York. That's it. Just Orlando and New York. I th- I'm pretty sure Florida, you're, you can have guns. But not. I don't yeah. think you'll see, you won't see many guns in New York unless you're in the wrong part of town. Oh, are they illegal there? I'm pretty sure, just, yeah. Really, I think I think so. I think New I think New York yeah. State. I'm, I might be it's wrong. There's probably, yeah, there'll be. Listen, I think then it's a slightly different. If it, if you can have a gun in New York, you might need like a some kind An of extra special permit or something. But whereas if you're from down south, you get your gun and you go shooting ducks. Was that bad? <laughs> Was it good? <laughs> I don't know. It was one of those. <laughs> oh God. I keep trying to do American accents in this almost just to piss off the people who have to edit it because they're American. 
<laughs> I know Emily's um, in the background shaking her head. Yeah. Right <laughs> but I don't talk. No, no, stop. Okay. I want to ask <laughs> you about um, just the amount of issues and bugs that seem to be happening on Sora. Are they getting on your goat? Uh, you know, there was another thing in their support there yesterday where part of their invalid lineups fixed, which bloody blah, blah, closing the game week was delayed, late rewards were fixed it, bloody blah, blah. It honestly sounds like they're just fighting fires. And you wonder then, like, mm. obviously we don't have improvements. They're firefighting every day. Do you know, trying to deal with maybe the, the capacity or the, the amount of new users that have, are hitting their infrastructure, which obviously isn't fit for purpose. Like, do, like, I don't know. A lot of these, I think the thing with so rare is like, unless it, it can be annoying if you sit down to set your lineups and then, that's the time of the day you've allocated or have to do something like that. And then you have to go away because something's broken or something's a bug or something's not displaying. Mm. But thankfully it's not like a game where like, you know, if your son whips up FIFA and all of a sudden FIFA ultimate team is just broken, you cannot yeah. play. Like I think I feel like so rare because it's like, there's nothing you really do on the site other than maybe trade. Pavel will be having a hernia. Like it's very, <laughs> it can be more passive. The amount of time you actually spend on the site itself if that makes yeah. sense, everyone's on so rare data or following a game week as it happens. There's not a lot that goes on on the site unless you're looking to bid or or buy cards. And obviously that doesn't really get affected often because that would cost them money. But um, my point is, is just that these issues, while they might seem a little bit like silly and not necessarily that big a deal at the time, they're all the time. And it's kind of like mm. it's starting to just erode away and kind of, the rep- repetitiveness and the consistency of their inconsistency is starting to piss people off myself, included a little bit. I just think it should be better. Yeah, I think the one that the only one that really affected me recently was that game week where oh, the, the game week was yeah, because I had um I had the Olsen goalkeeper who'd kept a clean sheet, um, who went unscored. I think, you know, like in the end, everyone got was it a 20 or a 40, which made no sense, but I had Sassinia who played 120 minutes and scored a goal. Like, I'm pretty sure I watched the game and he would have been as close to 100, maybe 100. Um, and then I also had Zhang uh, Taewook who played that game as well, 120 minutes. You know, apart from the goal they, gave, they, they let in, he was pretty solid all game. So I already had a, two other players in that lineup who had put up big scores as well. And mm. I'm I'm absolutely certain that would have been a f- potentially over 500, like or close to a 500 would have been my biggest score, I think. Um, mm. So that was a bit annoying, but I didn't want to let it ruin my month. So I, I just had to take yeah. it on the chin. I luckily won some other awards, rewards that week. Uh, not great ones. That was that would have been a big one, but um, that was annoying. But I find I try to. I try to roll with the punches a little bit when things like that happen. I know like it's easy. You see a lot of people in the community get so upset about things like that really like, you know, rile them up and they'll go on Twitter and do like Mm. a thread that's, and it's like, maybe I've, maybe I'm just too patient with so rare. I don't know, but um, I try not to let it wind me up too much, but I do see it happening. But I guess like we're, Maybe, maybe maybe it's my background as a DJ and stuff like that as well. It's like you'll get to a gig and something won't be working. And if you get really stressed out about it, it makes it 10 times worse. But if you just stay mm. there and let it calm, let's just try and figure out why, what's not plugged in or why is this signal not going through the, re- the left deck or 
why is the speaker not on and be calm about it. Nine times out of 10, it will be fixed or it won't actually be that much of a big deal. And then mm. you can get go about your business and have a good set still. Whereas if you spend all this time stressing, you've got all these hundreds of thousands of people looking at you and you're like screaming at someone and it doesn't, it's not a good look. Right. So, yeah. And that, that you, you carry that with you through the whole set. It's like, if you start a gig like that, it's ruined it. Not just for you, yeah. but for the people at the front who are like really excited to see you. And then it looks like you're not having a good time. And it's like, I, I think I kind of like saw myself doing that when I was younger. And as I've got older, I'm like, don't do that. Like, just chill. It's like, it's not a big deal. It'll be fine. People mm. come here to have a good time. And like, I guess with the so rare thing, it's like, it's kind of similar in that, like with that Asia, the week of Asia, that was really annoying. But, you know, next week we've got a new game week. Like life goes on. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you, you'll have a bad week that week and you'll get really lucky in a few weeks later when you pull like an amazing tier, tier one that should have been in the start pool or something like. <laughs> yeah yeah what well, goes around comes around it's happening to everyone I, yeah, yeah i think the whole concept or the whole the whole thing about everything that we're talking about here is that like it's like how long is it okay for because obviously mm. it's okay to a point but it's like when is that point and i mean there's no real hard point or line in the sand but like when everyone was in a year and a half ago it was very firmly early adopters new company startup new technology, there's going to be issues, but look, it's fun, we're here for the ride. Mm. The Gary V boom happens, people get excited, the 50 million funding, the 700 million or whatever comes in, people are starting to get a little bit more like, right, this this, this is a huge company now, but obviously there's going to be a delay implementing that money and getting the staff and getting everything in place and getting licensed. Blah, blah, blah. We're six, seven months on from that now, more, seven, eight months. And it's like, no, yeah, you're about yeah. six or seven months, but like, you know, yeah. at what point is it still acceptable? Because, I mean, for me at the minute, it's like, I understand why there's issues. I understand there's a lot going on. And I understand you are hard stretched and pushed to get everything done and you're hiring and blah, 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 and whatever. But it's like, and these wee bugs and stuff are going to happen. But like, there comes yeah. a point, and I don't know when that point is. I don't know if it's a year away. I don't know if it's a month away. But like, there comes a point when it's just not acceptable anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would. I am surprised at how many problems they still have in, but I guess it's in, impossible to know exactly what's going on in in those buildings that they all work in. So I, yeah, I hope. I mean, I think like with with a lot of blockchain stuff as well. If they upgrade something, it can cause a halt on the chain and stuff like that. And mm. I mean, I don't, I don't really know that much about how these things are developed, but. I've, I've been involved in other projects or been invested in things that, you know, the chain goes down for like a day and the devs are like stra scrambling to get, you know, like all of the blockchain back up and running. So like a lot of these sort of like little, little bugs and little fixes feel quite minor compared to something like that. Mm. But I don't doubt, you know, it must it surely I think they must have a big team, right, of developers there now that should be able to react quickly to little things like this. Um, so things things that maybe look small to us and seem small, maybe, maybe they're not. I don't know. It's yeah, hard to it's impossible for us to really know. I mean, the thing is, I think there's a lot of people who do seem to know because they're from that kind of background and even they're kind of being like, this is bollocks. The vibe yeah, I seem to get from conversations I've had. AJ on your yeah. podcast 
I think he kind of like got into it quite deeply mm. and he seems to understand it. I know nothing about coding or anything, but what I've kind of been told or heard through the grapevine a couple of times now, I think the general vibe is this. It's that there was a platform built that wasn't fit for the current purpose and amount of people and things that are happening and everything that's happening. And it's a case of these devs or whoever they are come in and they're almost like, imagine someone built a shitty wee house and the structure was all shit. And then you had to come in and build a skyscraper based off it. It's like, you're better just demolishing the house and then starting again. But like with so rare, you can't just like take the site offline for a month or two weeks and start again. So you have to kind of deal with kind of what was there and build on top and, do you know? I don't know if that's a good analogy or not. No, that's, that's the vibe I have in my head. So I think they're constantly is, like building this skyscraper. Tw- yeah, it's a 24-hour business, isn't it? It's like it never stops. And there are no breaks in the game weeks. Like when when one league closes, another opens. It's like hmm. there is no stop. You know, even through the Christmas yeah. break, there's games playing somewhere and the market's still ticking over and like trades are being done. So it has yeah. to work all the time. So that must be difficult. Mm. Yeah, so, I don't think it's ever... I, in, in all the time I've played it, I don't think it's ever been paused, does it? I don't ever remember a time that's like, hey, we're, we're pausing Offline for an art type of thing. Yeah, I've never mm. seen that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to shout it. Um, look, I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole Professor Tacker's tweet, um, I'm, but basically go and look up at prof underscore tackers or find me on Twitter and I have retweeted it. Um, I've retweeted it now. You'll be able to find it and have a read. It's just about the SoRare rewards valuation system and why it's not fit for purpose and needs to be addressed. Got a bit of traction. Um, maybe we'll come back to it. We'll have a look at questions. If we're, if we're sort of a bit of time left there, maybe I'll read it. But um, otherwise, I'd recommend people go and read it. And other than that, Stitch, you're going to jump onto some questions. You happy with that? Yeah, let's, let's go. So we'll start with the top question uh, from SoRare Epatabum. About the dip, yes, it was expected. Happened before. It's a cycle, end of season, etc. But I've noticed an overall dip on all limited cards, even the ones from the leagues like the MLS, Brasileiro, etc. that have just started. Have we reached a saturation point in the limited market? Hmm. I, I think it's more down to, you know, like when there's more leagues, you know, the excitement and the build-up and the buzz of like the European leagues coming back. Do you remember like how that feels at the beginning of that season? The excitement of wondering if your player... I think at the moment is, is, is probably like the opposite of that, isn't it? This time of the year is probably like the least exciting time for So Rare because it's a time where people are trying to sell cards to get, maybe pick up some Asia and America cards. And, you know, maybe people are just not as excited about those leagues that are, you know, that maybe the quality of football is not quite as high, so they don't want to follow it or they're not as interested. Mm. Um, so I think that it's probably a bit of that. Um, I, I hadn't noticed like an overall dip. I'll have to look that up myself, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, I guess maybe there has been a little bit of a dip. I think like in general, the crypto market as well, you know, like people the news hasn't been great for like money in general, has it for a little while. So with things like the price of petrol rising through the roof and, you know, cost of living everywhere going up. And I just think this isn't just, this isn't just a so rare problem. I think this is a, like anything that you do for fun is probably being affected by like the social 
e- economic situation outside of SoRare as well. So there may be, maybe it's just a bit of that bleeding into crypto and into the game as well. Mm. Like look, looking at the offer volume history, just to give you an idea, on the 25th of April, which was a couple of days ago, it was the lowest ever day of offer volume since the 11th of September. Um, wow. Which is pretty damning but and i mean it, if you look at the chart it has been coming down sort of consistently since february but like these dips come around right not everyone cares about american football not everyone cares about asian football so a lot of people are probably just setting up shop or selling up because the summer's over and they want a bit of money out because they want to go on holiday or whatever and they'll come back next year because they're short-sighted that way a lot of people will probably be quite stagnant and then some people will pivot the people who pivoted unintentionally probably pivoted a month or two ago three months ago four months ago what now you'll get is the panickers who are realizing europe's done and they're gonna try and pivot over but in many ways all those people fomoing into it it's like so rare releasing all these new supply all this new supply mm. into the limited markets um and all the other markets to be fair but in limited in particular i find with limited like people are so much quicker to undercut each other because there's so many more and so many more people so prices can fluctuate wildly there's way, yeah. way more buyers way more sellers so whenever you're dipping i feel like you find the effect feel the effects of that harder at limited and you'll also have a lot of the more kind of passive new user base there who probably are a bit more easily panicked whereas like the ogs and people who've been around for a while are more likely to be in the rare market a more mature yeah. user super rare even more so and unique even more so so i think limited you have this sort of big melting pot of more liquidity more upward pressure whenever it's it's booming maybe more buyers and downward pressure when we're in a dip so you've got that pressing down on top of that you've probably got a lot of the newer more less experienced users who are more likely to FOMO in and also FOMO out and shit themselves and do whatever else that's me just Mm. speculating so i think like there's a reason why the limited market maybe feels it a bit harder I think that makes yeah. sense what I've said, but I don't yeah, really that, know. No, I, I'd agree with that. I think that the limited market particularly is is new as well. Like obviously we didn't have yeah. the limited like that the the bulk of the bulk of the uh of the offers and and of the auctions are limited now. So you know, the maybe like the amount of offers and auctions are up, but people just not it's it's easy. It's easy to buy nearly any player you want now, right? You can just go and pick one up, and you don't mm-hmm. have to like manage managers. And I, I don't know. Maybe people are just a bit less engaged with like uh, me personally. I, I just think this is a bad time to sell. Personally, I haven't sold many cards. I did sell Lukaku this week, but that was that was more because I felt this was also a time that I needed to try and buy. So rather than hold on to Lukaku, I wanted like a Champuro striker who is like cuz look I got I got 0.9 for him which is quite low for Lukaku but I I could put that towards a t- like a star a star rare striker that plays every week so I'm looking at maybe yeah. like Nabil Fakir or like he's like 0.9 I could get him for less than 0.9 I think um and I I just looked at it as that was like let's just let's just do it now while like it's a good time to buy so I think I I just don't like listing cards at this time of year. I'd rather wait a couple of months until like the season's about to start again. Maybe like start listing up some of my like champ Euro players that I don't need. Come, I don't know, like 
the end of July when the season's mm-hmm. about to start. Um, but yeah, I think uh, there's probably a bit of that as well. That there may be more of the experienced heads are just not listing the cards that are going to fetch the big money just yet. Another question from Dr. Mantis Toboggan. Whose podcast is better? Ooh. Do you know? Fighting talk. I don't want to get kicked off, man. <sighs> That's all I'm saying is I can cut you any know, part of this out. That, I listen to <laughs> so many podcasts. There are like, so there are, for, for what is essentially quite a small community, there is a lot of good mm. content out, out there. So rare. There is- I do enjoy everyone's podcasts and YouTube content. I just find it this is where you're supposed to say, but John's is best. <laughs> well, you've got to put that uh, no. put that lasagna and coleslaw in the in in the mail to me, mate. And I'll, I'll you, buy you one. You someday a... I'll see you. Someday I'm going to come to London vlog, go to we, one of your gigs, and buy you lasagna and coleslaw. I'll come. Or I'll come over. I'll come. You're in Cork, right? Is it Cork? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. I've, I hear good things about Cork. Cork's good fun. And actually, do you know what's something that's happened recently? Don't know when it kicks in, but a couple of the like late bars here. So Ireland's really weird, particularly the north, because of like religion, where like people have to go to bed early and stuff. But mm. the south is a bit better. Um, but recently we it still had the like everyone's out like out of the clubs at like two or three in the morning. But recently I think they've given a few licenses out in Cork for people places down to six or seven in the morning. How's that going? At the same time, I don't. I don't know if it's happened yet. I know the first weekend it happens, it'll be hilarious. Yeah. But people will get used to trickling out over the course of the night, being able to get food and not queue forever, and be able to get a taxi and not walk home. So I think it is a good move. But like, that's maybe when you should come. It might be in place now, but I think it comes this summer. Um, did you ever see? Did you ever see that story on Twitter of the guy who uh, brought a horse to the after party in no. in Ireland somewhere? Oh, it's the best. Oh, I'm going to find it and I'm going to I'm going to tweet it to you. But there's this incredible thread on Twitter of a guy who told his mates that he went to an after party and there was a horse in the house. And uh, everyone thought it was a lie. And then a DJ came and was like, no, it's true. I was at the party. And then someone else came in and was like, yeah, I've got photos of it. So it's like this incredible thread of like this guy that literally he saw a horse like in a field on his way back to an after party and got on it and rode it to the after party. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he came in the front door on the horse. <laughs> I swear to God, like the, the stories I hear from like my uncles and my dad and everyone, my dad was maybe a little bit young. He's like one of 11. Um, and like my uncle's going to Fla's a Fla in Ireland is like a kind of music and dancing festival, and whatever right? festival. Yeah. yeah back in the day like but in like the 70s or 80s these were carnage and there was one they went to where they they bought like a they didn't buy they one of their lads had like rented a minibus but they took all the seats out not all the seats they took a load of the seats out so mm. that space for the way down to the flag because it might have been like a four-hour drive everyone pint in the back probably the guy driving back in those days and they yeah. brought a donkey and i don't know how they brought a donkey i don't know why they brought a donkey i think it was one of those where they pulled over for a piss and there was a donkey so they brought the donkey which sounds incredibly bad and probably like a little bit dodgy from animal welfare when you think of it now. But yeah, yeah carnage yeah. used to happen. Carnage used yeah. to happen. I, I, Ireland, Ireland is a spot for that, definitely. Mm. I've had some good times there. One of um I won't go into that story. That's for another day. Um, <laughs> the A question here from Ian H. Rare goalkeeper prices have not to change much with the common keeper's announcement. Do you expect them to over the summer? 100%. Everyone's going to FOMO shit themselves in August. I agree. 
because it did a little bit on on the day of the big announcement like i noticed a lot of people listing their cards and some uh, if you you know on the twitter bot it's like the so rare auction bot mm. or whatever it was just like a sea of goalkeeper purchases like that day um and a lot of them are quite high and then uh i saw on um and and then I, yeah i've noticed as well that like, there's been a little bit of a dip but yeah, absolutely. There's an absolutely no way that we're not going to see a big spike in rare goalkeeper prices. I'll be so surprised um, if some of them don't even like double. You know, a lot of the cheap yeah. goal, the 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 floor price of the cheapest goalies will definitely rise quite a bit. I think. People, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like to hit those thresholds, what people will do is even they'll go and find those DMP goalkeepers like Pinscoglio that I have or whatever, and they'll yeah. just buy one of them to enable them to put the rares in and hope they can hit the 205 points yeah. and maybe 250 on a week. Um, and I think it's like everything. Do you know, Everyone knows what cycle's coming. We know the World Cup is coming and we know players that are going to be dominant at the World Cup will be worth more. We also know when certain leagues begin and end and when the appropriate times to sell and buy normally are. But do we actually do it? 90% of us don't. Um, and that's the same with these goalkeepers. 90% of people are sat still rinsing their common, not really thinking about it um, yeah. or just getting out, getting along, hoping they win one or something. And then all of a sudden, August or July will roll around, August will roll around and they FOMO into it and yeah. no one will be able to get one because everyone will need one. So even once they have it, they're not selling it. Once they get their guy, yeah, that's a exactly. lot of the rare market, rare goalkeeper market that'll be a liquid. Um, so yeah, I would be very surprised if they don't rise leading up to that i think it's a, it's uh, almost a safe bet like if you if you wanted to like trade or flip then rare goalkeepers are probably the best option yeah i think 100 percent. i'm gonna come out the blocks and ask you a big question stish who wins the world cup we have a question here from who's going to be in the final and who's going to win it that's from george so who is going to be in the world cup final and who's going to win it England. to look it up at well, geez, of course you'd say that. I'm gonna I, I, say, gen, I genuinely think we're gonna we're gonna do it. You know, I I like after I, I have Euros, to say, a French Brazil final, and France are gonna win it. I'm gonna see, have a look at the draw and see like how much of it we can see right now. But yeah, I um, don't actually know about the tournament tree and who'll actually reach the final, or like but, yeah, that's I, even a possibility. But like, France I genuinely or Brazil think wins. I, I, I do fancy England to like get very far. I think if we get I think it's if we get coming home. It's coming yeah. home. That whole get thing. It will you be giving it oh. that one, will you? Oh, once it. Did you hear that? That was like a phone call coming through in my ears. I didn't hear Did it. Guys... No. Okay. So Are you okay? But yeah, it's... yeah, I'm good. And um, <laughs> let me just tell this person I'll That was call just the call to support your your national team. That was me going balubas. I've never sang that oh, in my mate. life. Just a sec, sorry. Um, I'll take your time. I, I'm so, from the type of place where we all say here that we support like two teams, Ireland and anyone playing England. That's kind of like <laughs> how Irish people view England. So, But I find it hard because I obviously, I kind of like a lot of the players. and I have a bit of a soft spot for them. And obviously I've got Jude Bellingham now. Um, so I'll be hoping he balls out. I like yeah. a lot of the players. Trent, I hope Trent plays. Very competitive yeah. position for England. But I'm um, sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, but yeah, I do I do actually genuinely fancy us to do really well. I think like France are strong. Spain, I think Spain are due like a good run in a tournament. They have 
They've been reasonably mm. quiet since they won it a few years back. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, excited to see how some of the, like, you know, that the American team, I wonder how they're going to get on and mm. suffer like that. But, I, yeah, I, I, I can't look past England. And that's, I, I would never, ever, I can't believe I'm saying this, like, but I do, I, I seriously think we got a chance of winning the World Cup. Like, and I think even like the Euros, the way that we came through that, we had like we had a bit of luck along the way, but once we got to the final, there was genuine belief that we could beat Italy. And um, mm. I think you know on the night we probably should have beat them. We didn't have a great game. Um, we allowed them to play too much in the second half, but a lot of those players take that into the World Cup, and you know there's not many players or teams in the World Cup who've got players that have now had that experience. You know, with Italy not making it into the World Cup. Mm. Um, you know, I think beyond like your classic sort of, you know, like the mainstays of the World Cup that always do well. I do think like hey, this is a chance for England. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I don't yeah. think I don't think you could ever argue against England having a chance. England always have a chance; they just never take it. So maybe maybe an England France final, France to deck you two nil or two one, maybe one nil or an extra time defeat just to just to. Stab you I'd, a little bit. I'd, yeah, deeper. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to play France in the final. I think there's gonna be a lot of eyes on what Belgium do as well. But mm. Belgium are like such a good team that just like classic underachievers at, at finals, though. Um, yeah, I just, I don't. It, they're almost gonna have the same problem that England had when you know, like in the sort of in that golden era of like Beckham, Scholes, Rooney. That team should have won something and didn't. Yeah. Um and uh I, I just I feel like that when I watch Belgium, it's like, oh you guys are you guys are gonna live what we lived through a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a question here from Stephen McGilligan. Uh from experience, can you describe some of the key risks or differences between trading at different scarcities, liquidity at limited, etc.? You said this was a good question, so I assume you have an answer. Yeah. yeah, I think it is a good question. And I feel like I think the lick the most liquid market is limited. If you want to like trade your way up, like a lot of my friends who want to get on so rare, they're like, Oh, it's too expensive to buy the players. I'm like, just trade, like make, you know, make good purchases, find a player that's like coming back from injury, pick up four or five copies of that player and then sell them for double the money the week that they start playing again. Like, and that is doable. And with limiteds, it's, you know, it's not too expensive to pick up like, 10 copies of a player who costs three quid or something like that, because mm. when he starts playing, he'll be six quid. Like that jump from three to six quid is like nothing in so rare terms. But if you've got 10 of them, that's like 30 quid to 60 quid like in ETH yeah. that you can put towards a rare card. Um, so I would definitely say that if I'm looking to do a quick flip, I look at limiteds first. If I'm looking to like, if it's like a long-term hold, I think res are like safe because you need them in more divisions and they just yeah. feel like a bit more premium. Obviously super res, if you've got like the tier one, tier zeros, then great. If you haven't, the super res aren't quite as, maybe as useful as like a, a decent rare is. So I'd say, yeah, yeah like for, for a short-term flips, limiteds all the way. For long-term holds, I'd go with res and then, you know, like if you can pick up a super rare of like a youngster 
that turns out to be good. And if you've got the patience to just sit on that player, I've definitely got a few uh, cards like that, that I'm just hoping will come good and become like really good. SO5 scorers. All my under, all my super rares are literally all that. Yeah. I mean, uh, my friend Dan's got uh, the Musiala uh, super rare. And we're just like, Oh, when he starts playing, it's going to be like one of the best cards on the platform when he's like Mm. a guaranteed starter every week. Because he comes off the bench and, and he can get a 60. Like he... 76 and 65 in his last two games. Yeah. And I think the last game he came off the bench. But the game before, I think... He started a fair few games this season, towards the end of the season, I think. Like with, mm. you know, injuries coming towards the end of the season. And I think if Bayern do move on a few players in the summer, I think Musiala will be amongst it a lot more next season. So he's had that, he's had that super rare card for two seasons now. And he's just like... You can't quite use it the way that you want to just yet because he's still going to have that under twenty three utility. But you, if you're targeting the under twenty three, you need your super res to start and play. Mm. Um, but he's a great example of someone that you know. If you could have you picked up that super rare when he was a relative unknown, and now you know everyone's kind of waiting for him to yeah. flower, become like well, that's about yeah. I love super rares for that. It's about buying players that buying players who could become players that you'll never be able to attain obtain. Do you know what I mean? Like the yeah. current crop of super rares you can't possibly obtain in <laughs> placing your bets in a sense on guys who you believe that could become useful. Um, yeah. it's something I've always sort of preached, letting them grow into your team. I say it all the time and it's what happens to some of my guys and hopefully it yeah. keeps happening. But um we'll Move on to another quick question. We'll be buying one or two of these out because there's actually lots of them there I didn't realise. I would have come on to them earlier. I thought we'd less than this. Um, inspired by a post that Mark read, Mark O'Sullivan read on So Rare, our new season cards released too slow. He'd read in the post that already 25% of this year's MLS games have been played. Um, so basically mm. about these cards, they all seem to be coming late or like they never come or they come after two or three months of a season. There's like yeah. this lag. I- I think it's like most of the clubs pro- probably don't submit their full rosters to like so rare until the the transfer windows are closed. And MLS's transfer window, they've got like an it's is it either it's not closed or it reopens in May, I was reading. They've got like another there's another like transfer deadline on like the sixth of May or something like that for the MLS. It probably so it might be just that they're waiting because they don't fully understand who's gonna be in their squad just yet. Yeah. So it might be partly to do with that, but but yeah, that, I, that's something I've always wondered as well. It's like, um, you know, why yeah. why is it always late? But I, it, surely it's just something like that. Maybe the teams don't it, have. It, it's hard because all the European seasons obviously start at the same time and they can't drop hundreds of clubs worth of players all within the two-month period, three-month period leading up to and at the start of the season. So people are going to have to naturally be staggered throughout the year. With the MLS, though, you'd like to think that that would have been, you know, that's really one big league for North America that you'd think they, they would kind of have planned ahead of time. I, I don't know. Maybe it took a while getting the license over the line. But just something that this made me think about is it would be a massively missed opportunity if, you know, if they got the Premier League and they weren't minted in July, August. If they yeah. got the Premier League and weren't meant until October, you'd be like, what have you done here, lads? <laughs> oh, can you imagine like the outrage in, in the Discord if that happened? <laughs> I can see I it happen. Yeah. I can see it I, happen. 
I think people will lose their mind if that happens. But you're right; it could very well happen. Especially like the the Premier League uh, transfer window closes a few weeks into the season, doesn't it? So mm. it could easily be like September by the time we start seeing Premier League cards. If they even if they announce it in like June, July. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you a funny question now from Chris Quirk. Uh, if he had to choose between Quinny's, if you had to choose between Quinny's gallery or on Quinny's gallery on so rare or Tony Watt's real life football ability, what would you pick and why? So to give you an idea, Quinny's latest roster valuation is 150k, 50th. So would you rather 50th in the back pocket? Probably worth more because he has uniques and super rares in there that are probably undervalued. But would you rather mm. that, or would you like to be given? Tony Watt's football ability. I've always said, right, growing up, I've, I've been asked this about like music and football a lot. And I would take, I would, I'd give anything to like be, be a footballer. Like I'd love, I, I, I bet it's a great, a great thing to do with your time uh, for, you know, I'd, so I'd go with mm. Tony's sport and ability. I'd love to know what it's like to, to be a Actually professional be able to footballer. do what you want with the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. not get injured after five minutes. Like I always used yeah. to walk yeah. over, clutching my chest because I'm in pain. <laughs> I actually got yeah. to do. I got the BBC once sent me to pre-season training with Millwall and filmed it, and um, they put me through the bleep test, and I literally like, oh man, had a panic attack. It was horrendous. I, I think they just right. got me down there and was just like, rather than like giving me some shooting drills to do. It was like, no, you're going to do fitness. You're going yeah, to, yeah. They just had me running and I'd like barely slept, hadn't eaten no breakfast. And I literally like, it was hot. And I had the players laughing at me while I was on the floor, literally trying to throw up. It was embarrassing. I, I'm a big fat bastard, right? <laughs> and I am working at the minute. Now, this is a shout out and a plea. Anyone listening who likes the podcast and has listened for a while, if you've any way or in to let me get contact or access to footballers, please let me know. Um, but there's a one in the minute kind of talking about a few things. Maybe, again, I'm not, I really don't know if anything will happen, but a proposed piece of content we've kind of put to someone is that like, because they're one of the fittest players, they're the fittest player, they cover the most ground in the league they play in, um, them to put me through a fitness test as like a thing, like in a, between that kind of talk about it, me asking questions out of breath and stuff. And then a bit <laughs> of an interview, you think it'd be kind of funny, but like, I will die. I will actually die. <laughs> like I am COVID I on a bad did, knee. Yeah. Kill me. I, I'm, I'm this, the worst shape I've ever been in my life. But um, that sounds like oh, torture, man. especially with all those fit bastards running around. It was really um, embarrassing, yeah. Because I fancied myself as a so. player back then as well. Yeah, you I think I'll go really here and like... Show them how it's done. Like, I was looking forward to like trying to put a penalty past the keeper or something. Like, and I didn't even get that far. Yeah. I was just yeah, like yeah. injured within minutes. Benzema's penalty. Did you see oh, that? Crazy. What a Does player. What he He's had a great season. Benzema. Penzema, yeah. yeah. Does what he wants. Right, we're going to finish with the 137 game. Shout out to Sam Daring, Nutty, Bumcrack. That's actually a three instead of a B, but it's Bumcrack. And it a few other crack, great yeah. questions there. <laughs> um, so thanks everyone for the questions this week. Sorry we don't have the time. We're 137 game. Uh, Chris had a bit of a nightmare and only scored 80 points. Vanekin with an, an uncharacteristic 55. Adam mm-hmm. Yan with a 25. Who are your two players for the upcoming game week? which is game week 266. Um, let's have a quick look. I'm going to remind myself who I've got in my lineups and just pick a couple out. Um, 
Let's have a look. I think I, I was I was going to say Veerman just because he's like a, a oh yeah a, a good pick. I do wonder if he's going to play or not, but I, I do fancy him to play this weekend. So I'm going to go with Veerman, and mm. I'm going to go with uh, David. Veerman or David? Yeah, I hear you love him. I I've I've got his super and his rare, David. He's a great player. David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually had and a Veerman. rare of his a long time ago. I've got Veerman Super as well. That's like potential, possibly my best card. Probably yeah, is my I best think it card is. I've got. How much would it actually cost for me to get him off? You like trade wise or card? I've had some big offers. I think that like there's, I think the last one sold for four, but I, I feel like he's got to be like a maybe a six ETH, seven yeah, ETH, like he's, something silly. He he's got a he's got another year. Season, like, He's got another year of U23. He's playing for PSV. He looks settled there already. It looks like like he scores big and he's, you know, he's in and out of the side. But he gets so many decisives. It's like, and his all around is great. He's he's going to bang a lot of hundreds next season. Yeah, he's huge. He's the, He is very much, I think, the Koku of next season. If Koku gets mm. the move, Veerman yeah. stays. So, like, I'm actually in the middle of debating whether I want to try the old Koku for Veerman trade. I might have Ooh. to put something on top at the minute, though, but I'm afraid that Koku stays because I talked to yeah. a Feyenoord fan and he reckons they'd cash in on, I could go and find the messages, but it was like the old Sinistera, Malachia, um, and they've another guy. Yeah. But it, it said like they, they'll hang on to Koku if they don't get an offer at 20, 25 mil. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did get one. So yeah. anyway, yeah, it's, be it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I think our time's all about up, but people should check out your podcast and product, isn't it? Um, end product, yep. End product if, and go for it. Yeah, so if you search it on um, Spotify or anything, like if you search for So Rare, you'll find it down there. Um, end product, myself, Quinny and Tony Watt. Uh, that should be out every week. Other than that, um, follow me on uh, Twitter. It's probably like the best place so there or Instagram. I'm, I'm at Plastician on pretty much everything, which is spelt like Plastic Ian, if uh, you're struggling with my, my accent. Um, mm. but yeah uh, thanks for having me again John it's been a pleasure mate always enjoy shoot, shooting it with you yeah. talking about lasagna all of that it's good stuff fun. all that good stuff well look thanks a million for your time and I'll chat to you again soon thanks very much John take care mate cheerio That's it for this week's episode thank you so much for listening hopefully see a few of you in new york and please do leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts subscribe while you're there and i'll chat to you next week where we've our biggest ever guest see you later